Hey, if you got your Bible, I'm excited you've got that. We're going to be using it tonight for sure, like always. Um, also, I want, I want to excuse me. I want to remind you uh, the book. In case you're wondering, many of y'all have asked about it. The book that a lot of this series is based off of is called "Just Do Something" by Kevin DeYoung. "Just Do Something" by Kevin DeYoung. And again, I would be more than happy if you have trouble buying that or like don't have the seven or eight dollars to buy that. I would be more than happy to get that for you. So just let me know. Really, really good book. Uh, you could devour it over Thanksgiving break if you're not being devoured by homework yourself, okay? So uh, d- definitely, worth, definitely worth checking out. So if you weren't here last week, just to catch you up, by the way, uh, if, if you weren't here last week, you can listen to the podcast. Don't forget, that's kind of a new thing we got going. So be sure to do that if you want to catch up. But last week, we talked about the fact that God is not so much concerned or worried about what you do as he is who you are, right? He's not so concerned about where you live as he is who you are. If, if you're loving him with, with everything you have, if you're, if you're realizing that all right, no matter what I do, I need to be making much of Jesus and living for him. Hey, I got to stop for a second. Is it kind of hot in here? Yeah, I don't know what happened. Drew, you might help me? Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> um, it's a little, little toast. I don't know if I was just, you know, because the band was killing it or what. I didn't know. <laughs> hey, let's give them a handle. Don't y'all appreciate them? So, okay, so we mentioned what we talked about last week, but still it's funny because I, I feel like I could tell by your faces and even in my own heart, still the question is, okay, I get that, I get God's not so concerned about like what, what uh, major I, I pursue or what career I pursue or all that kind of, where I live, he really wants me to love him, but still, you still have to make decisions, right? You still have to, there's still choices you face, so still the question is, how do I make those decisions? How should I go about choosing things? Wouldn't it be nice, I left my phone back there, wouldn't it be nice if there was an app for that? Wouldn't that be awesome? Like if you're just like, all right, you, like, you type in the two different options you have, and you're like, boom, just hit a button, like, oh, sweet, I'll go this way, right? That would be really awesome. There's an app for everything. Actually, speaking of apps, uh, we were at lunch last week, me and David and Julia and a lot of the LCU folks, and somehow got talking about apps, and Julia said, y'all, I have the coolest app ever. And we're like, well, what is it? There is an app called Run P. <laughs> and we're like, you're kidding, right? She's like, no, it's called Run P. It's the best thing ever. So what this is, this is an app. By the way, you can, I mean, don't do it right now, but you can download this on your phone if you need this, okay? It's like 99 cents with in-app purchases if you decide you wanted to really get excited, okay? <laughs> so you download this to your phone, and uh, you go to the movie, and whatever movie, and Julia can correct me if I'm saying this wrong, so feel free to interrupt me. But let's say you're going to see, throw out a movie. Hacksaw Ridge, right? You're going to Hacksaw Ridge, and you're like, man, it's going to be a great movie, and I have a small bladder, so I have to pee a lot, so I'm going to have to get up here in the movie, but I don't want to miss anything. So what you do is you pull up that movie on Run P, and you, you have to start, like, hit start when the movie starts, and it will, like, it keeps a log. It'll tell you, like, four minutes till a good pee break, something like that, right? And when, you're pee- when it's time for the pee break, it'll like vibrate. It lets you know, now it's time to go pee. So, and it even gives you a timer, like you got four minutes. So it's like, man, this is serious, okay? You go to the bathroom, but here's the cool thing. As you're walking back to the theater, it gives you a synopsis of what you missed, which is awesome. Yeah, it's funny. I was kind of making fun of Lauren and I, what? <laughs> Where was it during the Hobbit? That's a good question, yeah. Lauren and, uh, Lauren and David and I were with, at lunch with some folks on Sunday, and I was kind of 
making fun of Joya to some people. And I thought I was like making fun of her, but they were like, actually, that's a really good idea. Could you tell me where to download that at? <laughs> I was like, oh gosh, I'm surrounded by people with small bladders. <laughs> Anyways, like it, it really, it's funny because really like it, you just type it in and it tells you exactly what to do, what you missed. And, and, I, and I, there's actually, it can give you several pee breaks. So if you have a really small bladder, you need lots of pee breaks. Um, it'll give you all the different options. I was like, man, wouldn't it be nice if there was an app like that for life with decisions, right? So it's like, man, I just hit this button. It'll tell me when I need to go. And actually, in, in a, whatever decision I make, it'll tell me what I missed because of my decision, right? That would be awesome. It just it doesn't exist. It's, it's not a thing, right? Um, so so what, do, what should we do? How do we make decisions that are pleasing to the Lord? First, I want to tell you what not to do, Okay. So I'll be honest, with, as we're walking through this, we're not going to be looking at a ton of Scripture, but we are going to get to that, I promise. But first, what not to do. So the first thing, don't expect God to do tricks. And we'll have this on the screen, yeah. Don't expect God to do tricks. Here's what I mean by that. Um, just to give you a quick example, I, when I was like, I don't know, I, so I got saved when I was 11, so probably about after I got saved and into 12, maybe even 13 years old, I remember I'd go in our church gym, and uh, I would say, because I was kind of struggling with if I was really a Christian or not, so I'd say, all right, God, if I'm really a Christian, let me make this basketball shot. Which, if you know me, my basketball skills, that is not good for your confidence in salvation, okay? <laughs> like, like, I'd airball, like, what does that mean? <laughs> um, so that was with my salvation, but I think we, some of us tend to do that with, with God's will and direction. It's like, all right, God, if I'm supposed, if I'm supposed to, as a dude, like, ask this girl out, then uh, let me see. And like, I know this sounds crazy, but like, people actually do stuff like this. God, then let me see like a red F-150 on my way to school today. And so you see F-150, and you're like, dude, I'm about to ask her out, right? Um, that seems crazy, but people seriously do that. Um, I'm not trying to hate, because I, I, I've, d- I've done that before. I really, all of these don't do's, I would confess wholeheartedly I've done them. I was in a, we were in a meeting one time, and um, not to give you all the details, but we were trying to decide on something. It was a big group of people trying to decide what we should do, but it was kind of a serious decision. And as we went around the room getting everybody's opinion and, and seeking their advice, everybody was kind of saying, no, let's not do this. This is a bad idea. It's not a good thing. Let's not do that. And then we got to one person, who, a very godly person, totally respect this person, and they said, you know what? I'm going to have to say yes because I told God I wasn't sure what my decision was, and I told him if that if I heard, I can't remember what the word was. It was like if I hear the word love, then I know I'm su- supposed to say yes. And so we were all kind of like, I don't know what to do with that. Because you don't want to be like, hey, it's not what God, that's not what he's saying. But l- literally you have a whole full room of godly adults saying, no, that's not a good idea. But this person was saying, you know what? I said, God, if they say love, if, if I hear the word love, then I'm supposed to say yes. So then we were kind of at this like, this weird, you see how that could be awkward, right? Like, I don't know what to do here. Um, and, and the problem is, I just, it wasn't, it wasn't, True, I don't think God works that way. Now, you may be saying, what about Gideon in the Bible in Judges 6? Because like, Gideon's like, I'm going to lay this fleece out, God, and uh, I can't remember, like, if a dew falls on it or whatever, then I'll, I'll, then I'll trust you. I know it's really you. But the problem is, God had already told Gideon what to do and that he would be with him. So, listen, Gideon is a really, really bad example for us. <laughs> He's a great example of someone not trusting God and not taking God at his word. So, I want you to get this. There's really not... In Scripture, and nowhere in Scripture does it tell us that we should ask God to give us signs. I love it when Moses is, when God's telling Moses to go to the promised land, Moses is like, how do I know that you're going to be with me? God says, when you get to the promised land, you'll know I was with you. (laughs) 
I love that. Like, give me a sign. He's like, hey, when you get there, then you can look back and you'll see I was with you. Just trust me, dummy, right? Maybe he didn't say dummy. He didn't say dummy. (laughs) Don't expect God to do tricks. Make sense? We all do that. We look for this sign in the sky. God, if you if you give me this clue, then then I'll pursue I'll know this is the right major. That's not how God works. Don't expect God to do tricks. Second thing not to do is misuse Bible verses or abuse Bible verses. Don't do that. Here's what I mean. Uh, someone what is what does Philippians four thirteen say? Yeah, I can do all things through Christ. Who gives me strength? And there's different you know, variations, translations of that. But I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That is, that's a great verse. Is it misused a lot? Oh, yeah. I've said this before. But it's, you know, like, seriously, I've seen this too many times. Like the middle schooler, they're at camp, and they're fixing to jump off onto the blob. And all, they're like, I'm scared. And all the friends are like, I mean, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. And he's like, I'm going to do it. Like breaks his neck or something, right? Like, uh, I'm, not, I'm not seeing that happen. I've never seen a kid break his neck. Thank God. <laughs> um, yes, that's not, if you study Philippians 4 and what it actually is talking about, Paul's saying, you know what? Whether, I always think of like the Jenny, old Jenny from the block song. But he's like saying, whether I have a little or whether I have a lot, I can be content. And I can live the Christian life because I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So it's not this verse that says, no matter what I set my mind to, which is very like much an American idea, no matter what I set my mind to, I can do it because Christ gives me strength. You know what? That is true, but God is not promising that whatever you want to do, you can do because he lives inside of you. So in other words, uh, it doesn't mean that if you're like, you know what? I really want to go to Harvard, and even though they've rejected me 10 times, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Like, that's, that's not what he's telling you. Or guys, if like, the girl keeps rejecting you, and you're like, you know what? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's bad, bad, bad use of that verse, okay? I think about, sometimes we do this, right? I mean, like, I've been here. I hope this isn't you right now, but we all do this sometimes. It's like, man, I've I got to make this decision about, you know, fill in the blank. You, you all know what this is, you know, whether it's with school or family or relationship or job or hobby or whatever. you got to make this decision. And so you're like, man, I just need a word from the Lord. So you're like, man, I'm just going to flip, and whatever I get to, bam. And then you read something really random that's way out of context, right? Or like, you've probably heard this before, but I think it makes a point. Uh, and I, think, I don't think it's true, but it's like a, a joke that pre- I've heard before. That um, guys like, man, I need, I, need, I need wisdom, I need direction, so I'm just going to flip open. Whatever I see, that's what God's telling me to do. So he flips to the end of Matthew where it says that Judas went and hung himself. So the guy's like, all right, that's not me. I don't want to do that. So, he flips, over, he, so he, fli- he flips over to Luke, and he's like, all right, what is this? And he puts his finger down, and it says, Jesus said, go and do likewise. And he's like, dang it. <laughs> like, yeah, that's. <laughs> Thank you, Kayla. <laughs> that's, that's a bad use of the Bible, right? It's a bad use of the Bible. Don't misuse Bible verses. And we're going to talk more about how you should use it. But don't misuse and abuse the Bible. With me? The last thing in this section for what not to do. Don't. Assume a feeling you have is from God. Yeah. Don't assume a feeling is from the Lord. And So here's what I mean by this. Let me say this. Without a doubt, I think God like, he gives us a sense of what's right and which direction to go. But don't mistake a feeling and kind of a hunch that you have as a word from the Lord. So a lot of times we say, and people could come up here tonight and like, testify how they've been hurt by this. 
People, you hear people say, well, God told me so. God told me I was supposed to go to that school. God told me I was going to marry you. God told me we were, we were supposed to go on this trip. I don't, think, I don't think we should say, unless you're quoting scripture, I don't think we should ever say God told me so. And that's kind of my opinion, so don't like, other people would disagree, may disagree with me. But I think we should be hesitant about when it's just like a feeling we have, I think we should be, and it's not in the Bible, I think we should be hesitant about saying God told me so. Do you understand that? Now, I think it's okay to say, man, I feel like God's leading me, to, leading me to do this. Absolutely. But I think we confuse people and we can hurt people when we say, man, God told me to do this. And actually, you know what? The people sometimes that get hurt and confused by saying that is us. Man, I know God told me to go to Texas Tech. And then things get difficult and rough. And you're like, God, you told me to do that. Why would you do that? Like, he didn't tell you to do that. Maybe you felt him leading you. Don't assume that a feeling you have is from the Lord. So then you know what else that means? Like, you don't, I don't think you, we had talked about this some last week. I don't think you always have to wait for this perfect peace before you make a decision. It's just not true. Man, do you remember in the garden, Garden of Gethsemane? Jesus, before he goes to the cross, was, was, it, was it the right thing to do? Was Jesus supposed to go to the cross? Yes. Was that God's will? Yes. From says before the, before the foundations of the earth, right? <laughs> that was his plan. But even then, Jesus was kind of struggling with it. You could say, right? Like, God, if this is your will, I'll do it. I don't know that... And I, I don't, we don't know his thoughts, but I'm, I don't, it's not like Jesus was in the garden singing songs like, this is going to be great, I have such a peace about what's to happen. He was scared to death. He was so scared. It was such, a, such an emotional time. He sweat drops of blood. I don't know if that like, normally when I'm at peace about something, I don't sweat drops of blood. You tracking with me? So don't confuse a feeling you have. as Don't think that is an exact word from the Lord. And also, don't think that you always have to have this perfect peace about everything. Sometimes when God tells you to do difficult things, you're just kind of scared, <laughs> right? It's like you're going overseas next year, right? Kayla going overseas soon. Sometimes it can be a little scary, right? Even if you, even if you have a peace about it and you're excited, you can still be kind of scared. But it doesn't mean it's not, it's not the right thing to do. So okay, we talked about what not to do. Okay, we could go on forever about that, but those are a few things, three things. What not to do. Now let's talk a little bit about what we should do, okay? What should we do when we have a decision, a choice to make? First thing is look to the Bible. Look to the Bible. So we talked about not misusing verses. So what do we mean about looking to the Bible? Again, we don't mean flip open and just find something random. Look to the Bible. Read and study Scripture and be systematic about it. In other words, don't... uh, to me, if you're just like, man, every few weeks, every month or so, I kind of flip open the Bible and read a little something, that, that's not looking to the Bible for direction and, and guidance in life. That's just occasionally, like, checking in with it. <laughs> man, daily, read the Scriptures, study the Scriptures. And you know what? If you read and study the Scriptures, you know what's so cool? I found that as you're reading, like, there's verses in there that tell you, like, Meredith, get a job at Market Street. Not true, right? <laughs> Which Market Street's a great place to work. <laughs> I'm assuming. I love their food. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, it's not going to jump off the page and so this is, you know, Alex, you should go to Texas A&M. But it doesn't do that, right? Or, you know, I'm, I must pick someone's name to say this, but whoever, whoever you should pursue so-and-so and ask them on a date. Like, 
that doesn't happen when you read the Bible. But as you study Scripture and read Scripture, the truths of Scripture and the principles of Scripture are going to help, help guide you for decisions you need to make. And you know what the reality is? The Bible does give us some clarity on some things. So, not to be crude, but we know for a fact, according to the Bible, that you should not get a job as a stripper. Right? That's pretty safe to say. Right? We know for a fact, based on the Bible... Y'all are like, this boy is crazy, though. <laughs> we know for a fact, based on the Bible... You should not get a job as a hitman in the cartel, right? Like, that's, in case you were struggling with that, you can cross that off the list. <laughs> Emily Nisbet, okay? <laughs> yeah, you can cross that off the list. Um, scripture says, and I think it's in 1 Corinthians, to not be an equally yoked. So you know what? If you're decide like, man, like, so if you're a girl, like, man, this guy's asked me out, and I don't know what I should, you know, do if I say yes or no. If they're not a Christian, then I can tell you for sure God's will. You should say no, Right? Dude, if you, there's this girl, you're, man, she's really, dang, she's pretty. <laughs> she's fine. You want to ask her out, but you know she's not a Christian? I can tell you for sure, 100% God's will, you should not ask her out. You track it with me? So I keep saying that, sorry. <laughs> and you know, that's, that's, that's from Scripture. I love two quick things. Romans 12, 1 through 2. Therefore... I urge you, brothers and sisters, again, that's Romans 12, 1 through 2. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in, in view of God's mercy, to, man, I'm totally struggling. In view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not be, con, man, I'm totally struggling. Do, thank you. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Be what? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. You're exactly right. Let me tell you something about that verse. I love it. You know what that verse is not saying? It's not saying, okay, let's back up for a second. How do, you re- how do you renew your mind? How do you make your mind to think more like Jesus? Boom, roasted the Bible, right? Okay. <laughs> so we renew our mind by reading Scripture. And what that verse is not saying, it's not saying as we do that, God shows us his secret will. He shows you that you should go to Texas Tech or South Plains or LCU, and you should major in this, and then you should get this job, and then you should marry this person. No, it's not saying it, it tells you a secret map. But as you, you begin to think like Jesus, you begin to test, to try out God's will. Man, let me, let me see how, how living for God, what does it look like to live how God tells me to live according to the Scripture? And as you do that, you're going to see that it's really, really good. You're going to prove it. In other words, you're going to say, you know what, God? You're right. When I live according to the Bible, when I follow these principles, man, life is really, really good. Not that it's easy or perfect, but living your way is really, really good. Again, it's not, this, it's not that as I begin to think like Jesus, all of a sudden my whole future is laid out before me, but I, I find that living God's way and doing his will day in, day out is a good thing. Some of y'all know Psalm 119.05. What does that say? Psalm 119.105. Here, Emily, loud and clear. What you got? Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You know why I love that verse? It doesn't say, as I read your word. It's like a secret treasure map and shows me where to go. No. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So you know what? As I'm walking through life, facing decisions, facing choices, man, his word is going to help gonna help guide me. Not that it's going to say, turn right, Brandon, like a GPS. But based on what, what I'm studying, what I'm learning, 
those truths, man, the Holy Spirit inside of me and using God's words is going to help guide me. Again, not that it's all about feeling, but he's going to give you direction of where to go. Again, not a detailed map, but a guide, a light to help you see. If you're, like, if you're out hiking somewhere, it sure is nice to have a flashlight because you can look and say, man, I can't guarantee what's on that path, but that path sure does make a lot more sense based on what I know about hiking and survival than that path where I see the bear, right? <laughs> Durr. God, God's word is like that. I look down that path, and based on what I know about life and what, and what God wants and what the Bible says, I can see that's a lot better path than, than pursuing that relationship or going to that school where I'm going to rack up debt till I'm 170 years old. It, it, God's word is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. Look to the Bible. Second thing, ask wise people for advice. Ask wise people advice. Man, so many of us, I think what we do is we're like, God, please just show me, show me which way I should go. Show me what to do. Please give me an answer. And I think he's like, hey, get a friend and go hang out with them and maybe they can give you some advice. Like, We sit around and we, we get all lonely. God, please show me what to do. And I think he's like, hey, just hang out with some people and I'm going to use them to help give you some direction. I love, if you got your Bible, you can turn there real quick. Turn to Proverbs chapter 12. I want you to lay your eyes on it and maybe circle it. It's such a good verse that I wish I had in my heart when I was younger. Proverbs twelve fifteen. I'm going to go ahead and read it just for the sake of time. Again, Proverbs twelve fifteen. It says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. So here's what the Bible says. If you think you always know best and you can just make decisions on your own, you are a what? You're a fool. What a fool? Yeah. Don't be a fool. The wise man listens to advice. Sometimes you have to ask for it, right? Like, even though I'm your college pastor, I'm not going to always walk up to you and be like, hey, let me give you some advice. Like, I'm not gonna, if you come to me, I would love to talk with you. But people aren't going to always come to you and just say, hey, let me give you advice. You have to go seek it out. Look, flip over just a little bit. Proverbs 15, Proverbs 15 verse 22. Without counsel, plans fell. But with many advisors, they succeed. Man, so good. Get some people in your life that can help give you counsel. And an emphasis on wise people. Let me tell you a really quick story. This is from 1 Kings chapter 12. Um, Rehoboam, if I'm saying his name right, was King Solomon's son. So Rehoboam, uh, the people came to him when he became king and they said, King, your father, man, he, he ruled with an iron fist. He was pretty harsh on us. And we want to, like, serve you, but could you lighten the load a little bit? And so Rehoboam says, give me about three, I think he says, give me three days, and I'll give you an answer. So he says he went to the old men, which typically in the Bible, old men being associated with wise men, right? Not like three wise men at Christmas time. It's almost Christmas. Hallelujah. But, but what, old as in, like, wise, that wisdom. So he goes to the wise men, and they, sorry, the old men, and he says, what, what should I do? And the old men say, hey, look, it would be a good thing. So maybe kind of lighten the load a little bit. If, they say if you lighten the load and like aren't a jerk towards these people, they're probably going to follow you forever. If you'll be a servant towards them is actually what it says. If you'll serve them and, and be a servant leader, I mean, they'll follow you forever. It says he didn't really like their advice. So he went to the, it says, the young men that he grew up with. Now, someone need to sit and hear that for a second. He went to the young men he grew up with. My, my old high school buddies, what's up, man? 
He went to them and he said, what do y'all think? And they said, you need to be even harsher than your father was. Tell them that your pinky finger is thicker than your father's thigh was, which for me wouldn't take much. (laughs) And you know what Rehoboam did? Who did he listen to? Take a guess. His friends. And guess what happened? The country split in half. You know how as you read the Old Testament, you get confused sometimes because you're like, what is up with Judah and Israel, right? These two different nations. That was because Rehoboam chose to listen to his buddies and not some godly wise men. So when it says, ask wise people for advice, emphasis on wise. (laughs) That doesn't always mean they have to be older than you, but emphasis on wise. So that means you need to find some people in your life, whether it's your parents, your grandparents, aunt, uncle, pastors. <laughs> Throw that out there. Um, maybe, I, I don't know, a home group leader. And seek advice from them. Hey, I'm in this relationship. Give me your thoughts on this relationship. So I think I know we're prone to not want to care what our parents say, but you really should listen to what your parents say. Hey, give me some advice on this relationship. Hey, I think, you know, since you started dating this person, you've been, become really selfish and you're not the same person. I don't think it's a good idea. Listen to that. Go to them, ask advice. for If you're struggling with a, your major or a job or like choosing a career path, seek some advice. Because they're going to be able to see things. They're going to say, hey, you know what? I see that you're really gifted in this area. You're really talented in this area. You're kind of passionate about this or, or, or you're not passionate about that. So let's, let's pursue this. Seek Godly counsel. Third thing, I got to move quick, a little quicker here. Ask God to give you a gospel-driven heart. Ask God to give you a gospel-driven heart. I think about Matthew six thirty-three says, "Seek first the kingdom of God." Right. You don't have to turn there. I'm gonna. Read a passage, Colossians 1, starting in verse 9. Listen, this is Paul talking about what he prayed for the, the believers at Colossae. He says, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. And by the way, this is not will like that he'll show you the secret map for your life. No, the knowledge of his will as in like how he wants you to live day in, day out. Filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. When we ask Here's what we should not do. We should not ask God, God, please, please just give me a sign. Please just show me. Should I go to this school? Should I be in this relationship? Something you shouldn't ask God to show you, but what you really should be praying for is, God, help me to make this decision with a pure heart. Lord, help me to not make this decision based on selfish motives. God, I pray that you would fill me with your knowledge. and Lord, help me to see how much you love me. And so because I realize how much you love me, God, help me to make this decision based on on the realization that my identity, my worth, my value is found in you and not whether or not I get this job or get into this major or get in this relationship. God, help me to base this decision based on my identity being in you. 
Do you see how that's a lot different than God saying, oh, sorry, than you saying, God, please just give me a sign if this is what you want me to do. Isn't that a lot different? Actually, a lot simpler. God, give me a pure heart. Lord, help me to make this decision not fearing what people may think, but fearing what, what you believe, what you think of me. Ask God for a gospel-driven heart. So, God, as a making this decision, help me to make it with the desire to see other people come to know you. And God, if this, is, if this decision is just based on me or my own glorification, Lord, help me to say no to it. I want to I make much of you. I want to help the gospel to spread. So, God, help me to make this decision based on that. That's way different than asking God for a sign, right? Ask God to give you a gospel-driven heart. And then the last one, man, this is so simple. Trust God is guiding you. Trust that God is leading you. Here's what's really cool. Even when you can't see it, God is leading you. I love the story of Joseph, and we're not going to turn there, but Genesis 45 and 50. Joseph basically tells his brothers, hey, all the things that you, like, as crappy and messed up as my life has been, and as many, uh, dude, you want to talk about a, a life with unexpected turns? Joseph. Joseph has some crazy unexpected turns. But so he says, as messed up as my life has been, and even though you meant so much of it for evil, he says, you know what, God has used this for good. I'm in the spot, you know, Joseph ended up being in a pretty sweet spot. He says, the spot I'm in today is really because God was leading and guiding the whole time, even when there were moments where it didn't seem like he was even remembering me. So God was in charge of this the whole time. <coughs> Romans uh, 8, 28 through 30, it's such a cool passage, it says that no matter what we face, God is going to use those things to accomplish his goal in us, and that's to make us like Jesus. So you know what? No matter what you're facing, what difficult decision as far as school or a relationship or a job or whatever, and trust that, you know what? However this turns out, I know God is going to use it to help make me more like Jesus. And that's really, that's what he wants for you. Turn real quick, last passage we're going to look at. Turn to Psalm chapter 37. I love, love this verse. Psalm 37. In verse 23, Psalm 37 Verse 23, check this out. The steps of a man, or woman, <laughs> the steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. You know what, like, I don't know if you're like me, but I've seen, y'all, y'all seen that foot, footprints painting before? If you have, if you haven't, don't worry about it. But if, like, I get tired of it because like I see it everywhere, and it just like it gets kind of old and cheesy after like seeing it one billion times. You know what I'm talking about? That it's actually so true. If you don't know what I'm talking about, don't worry about it. But I don't have time to explain it right now. But this passage is saying, you know what? That God, like literally, even though we can't see it, He really is. It's like He's holding our hand, walking us through life. He's even though you can't see it, man, He's guiding, He's walking you. So that even when you fall, you know what? He, you're not gonna like bust your head open because He's got your hand. Trust that God is guiding you. It says that the steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. So I think you could say it this way. Though this may be overstating a little bit, but when, you're, when you are passionate about God, you can trust your passions. Man, I don't know which way I should go. What should I do? 
man, if you're walking with God and your heart is for Him, and man, you're, you're living for Him and you're loving Him, I think you can trust your passions. Does that make sense? You're, when you're passionate about God, you can trust your passions. So as we're kind of wrapping this up, what, what's a word we could use to describe these four things we should do? So I need, I need to look to the Bible, man, base my decisions based on Scripture. I need to ask wise people for advice. I need to ask God to give me a gospel-driven heart to make decisions that will please Him. I need to trust that He's leading me. What's, what's a word that could sum all that up? I mean, you know this word. It's really simple. Wisdom, right? Wisdom. <laughs> Don't be a fool. Be wise. Here's what I'd say to you. Whatever decision you're facing, man, how do I make this decision? What should I do? How, how, do, I, how do I make this choice? Choose wisdom over worry and just do something. <laughs> Choose wisdom over worry and just do something. For we're done. I just want to say this real quick. I, it's funny. I think about my life. I always try with like say scripture and think about the truths where where we are proclaiming on Thursday nights. I want to think about how they've been true in my life. And it's funny when I look back at my life. The times I've really worried over a decision and stress is just the right thing. I don't know. I don't know what to do. The times I've really worried over it. It's like. Without a doubt, I can look back and see, one, the worry didn't help me at all. And two, normally I ended up not making the best decision. Like the times I was like looking for a sign from God or just trying to figure it out on my own and stressing over it, normally I, I didn't turn out real well. <laughs> but even when they've been big decisions, the times that I've trusted God and by His grace been pretty wise about it, it's worked out really well, even though I didn't stress over it. I was thinking about it, and it kind of blows my mind. I grew up in Florida, went to college in Florida, and then I went to seminary in Fort Worth, Texas, which if you didn't know, it's a little ways away from Florida. There's a lot of seminaries closer to Florida. It's funny, people always ask, how did you choose Southwestern? What, what led you there? And I'm always, I, I feel this pressure to say something really spiritual, but a lot of times I'm like, I don't know, it just seemed like a good idea. <laughs> Looking back, I did. I, I was trusting God was leading. I, I asked for some wise counsel. I didn't really over, by God's grace. And I can tell you examples where I did worry about things. When that decision, as big as it was, I just kind of trusted God. And it was one of the best decisions of my life. You know why? Because it led to this next thing I'm about to tell you. Southcrest, Lubbock, Texas is a really long ways away from Florida. <laughs> I had. When I, was in, when I first got to seminary, I don't, I don't take offense, I just wasn't from Texas. I didn't even know Lubbock was like a place. I know, crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm fired. Here you go. <laughs> People sometimes, well, how'd you end up in, in Lubbock? Man, I want to feel, I feel pressure to say this, like really spiritual. Just God told me this is where I was supposed to go. But really it came down to this. There weren't a whole lot of other options at the time. I talked to some godly people, and they said it seemed to make sense. Asked God to give me some direction. There was nothing in the Bible that said I shouldn't come here. And so I did. I didn't really stress over it, didn't really worry over it. Worry over it. And you know what? I, I mean this with all my heart. Just one of the best de- decisions of my life. Who I would have never known that like, I, 
this place was as awesome as it is, and you guys are as awesome as you are. But just God, just he, he guided me here. When I met Lauren, she's back there. Hey, Lauren. <laughs> I like they actually said it. Hey, Lauren. <laughs> you know, the, in other previous relationships, there have been times I'd worry, just the one, so I'm stressing and worrying over it. And I was just, just a, lot of, a lot of pain and misery <laughs> doing that. With, with Lauren, she was a godly woman pursuing Jesus like I was. Godly people in my life, when they met her, they're like, dude, yeah, you should pursue her. <laughs> Prayed God, help me to be wise, help me to be, have a pure heart in this, not just one day because she's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Eventually just trusted God, and man, it's the best thing that ever happened to me, right? And if we, people say, when did you know that she was the one? I think I had a, I knew, I couldn't tell you when, like, I knew, like, I really wanted to marry her. But, like, shocker alert, like, God never, God never, I never had this clear, like, Mary, Lauren, she's the one. It was just like, this just makes sense, right? And it's been awesome. And just I'll to pause there for a second, like, it's very possible that you may feel like it's the one with lots of people. So don't make that a bigger deal than it is, okay? Just act wisely. Choose wisdom over worry. And whatever decision it is you're facing, choose wisdom over worry and just do something because God is leading you. Choose wisdom over worry. I'm going to, before we sing a little bit more, we'll just have a couple songs, we'll be done. But before we do that, Bow your head, close your eyes. I just want to have you think through a few things real quick. Don't be hard on yourself, but just be honest. Which from those lists would you say, or which of those lists would you say you're doing more? Do you lean towards always expecting God to do some trick and put a sign in the sky to show you a decision? Are you misusing Bible verses? Are you just always trying to go with your gut and what feels good? Or are you being a wise person? Are you looking to the truths of the Bible? Are you asking wise people for advice? Are you asking God to give you a gospel-driven heart? Are you trusting that he's leading you? Which, which list would, you, would your life fall under? Or maybe you're a little bit of both and we're all that way sometimes. The goal should be that man, my life is characterized by wisdom. So before we sing, I want you just to take a moment and ask God, say, God, help me to quit worrying so much about decisions and choices and just to be a wise person. God, help me to, to be faithful, to dig into your word and base my decisions on the truths in Scripture. God, help me to find and seek out some wise people that I can get counsel from. God, help me to make decisions with a pure heart and and to make decisions based on what I know you've already told me to do, and that's to love you and to love people and to make disciples. And God, help me to trust that even when I can't see it, even when I can't feel it, help me to know that you're guiding me, that you're that you're leading me, and so I can trust that. God, I pray for this group.
and for myself, Lord, whatever decisions we're facing, whatever choices we have to make, and Lord, some of them are pretty big, I, I, I know. Lord, help us just to choose wisdom instead of worry. God, I, I think about what you wrote in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, telling us, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. And all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. God, help us to do that. I pray that that would be the description of everyone in this room, God, that we trust you. We don't lean on our own understanding. We acknowledge you in everything, Lord, and that as we trust you, God, you, you, you make straight our paths. Lord, I pray that, that would be true of every single one of us tonight. And God, I, though we don't want to depend on feelings, I do pray that you would, Lord, just give all of us and whatever decisions we face, God, give us a peace. Lord, even if it's a difficult decision, <laughs> help us just to trust and know that you're good and, that, and you're going to walk us through whatever we face. Lord, like Psalm 37 says, that you're not going to let us crack our head on the pavement because you've got our hand so we can trust you. God, we love you, and we ask that you would help us to be wise people. It's your name we pray. Amen.